Hello, and welcome to our podcast on comparing measures of potential output. In this episode, we will be exploring the various ways in which potential output can be measured and the implications for stabilization policy. First, let's define what we mean by potential output. Potential output is the level of output that an economy can sustain over the long run without generating inflationary pressures. It is often used as a benchmark for policymakers to determine whether the economy is operating at full capacity or not. There are many different methods that have been proposed in the literature for measuring potential output. One common approach is to use statistical filters, such as the Hodrick-Prescott filter, to extract a trend from the data. Another approach is to use structural models that incorporate information about the underlying determinants of output such as labor force participation rates and productivity growth. However, evaluating these different methods is a difficult task. Unlike standard out-of-sample forecast experiments with observed data, potential output is latent, so there is no truth against which to compare different measures. Moreover, different measures of potential output can lead to different policy prescriptions, which can have important implications for the effectiveness of stabilization policy. For example, Consider the Taylor Rule, which is a widely used framework for setting monetary policy. The Taylor Rule specifies that the central bank should adjust the short-term interest rate in response to deviations of inflation and output from their respective targets. However, the coefficients in the Taylor Rule are not the only free parameters. How one computes potential output can affect the prescribed interest rate even with fixed parameters and a fixed inflation target. To illustrate this point, Figure 8 in the PDF shows the time series of the federal funds rate prescribed by the Taylor Rule using six different measures of potential output and the actual federal funds rate over the same period. Each of these series is computed using the full sample of data. As you can see, different measures of potential output can lead to very different policy prescriptions, which can have important implications for the effectiveness of stabilization policy. Another issue with measuring potential output is that policymakers may not have access to all of the information for the full sample of data at every point in time. This availability issue is important because some methods, such as the Hodrick-Prescott filter and the unobserved components model, use smoothers that use all of the data available to infer potential output. This means that data at the end of the sample could influence the estimate of potential output at earlier points in time because the policymaker would not have this period T data available, they would not be able to use these methods in real time. Instead, policymakers may need to rely on simpler methods that use only the data available at the time of the policy decision. In conclusion, measuring potential output is a difficult task that requires careful consideration of the available data and the underlying economic structure. Different measures of potential output can lead to different policy prescriptions, which can have important implications for the effectiveness of stabilization policy. Policymakers must carefully evaluate the strengths and weaknesses of different methods and consider the availability of data when choosing a measure of potential output. We hope that this podcast has provided you with a better understanding of the challenges involved in measuring potential output and the importance of this concept for macroeconomic policy. Thank you for listening.